Hey everybody, thank you for joining Low Code Approach. Today we are joined by Shane Young and you probably know him from Power Apps 911. He is a Power Apps MVP. He is amazing, a wealth of knowledge. We're very lucky to have him on. But if you don't know Shane Young, instead of hearing me wax poetic, let's actually hear it directly from Shane. Hey Shane, could you give us, first off, thank you for joining us. Second, could you give us a little bit of background on you? Well, you are very welcome, Sean. And I mean, they probably would have rather heard you, right? I, I've always been told that I have a voice for pictures. So <laughs> I have a face for radio. So this is good that we're getting together. There you go. See, we can make one person. But no, uh, so Shane Young, you know, I am the owner of Power Apps 911. And I've been a Microsoft MVP for like 15 years, which really just means that I talk a lot, right? Which just <laughs> makes me a perfect podcast guest. Uh, but, you know, so I was a SharePoint guy, I wrote a bunch of books on SharePoint. I was an IT pro originally. I've kind of left that world. Uh, but now I do this whole low-code, no-code thing for Power Platform. I make lots and lots of YouTube videos uh, because, well, I like attention. So. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. You you hit on your your, your former life being an IT pro and, and you know working on SharePoint. I've, I've been in SharePoint, too, as an admin and, and dev. And uh, what a world that is. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting, though, a lot of the um, – Functionality, not functionality, a lot of the experiences I have with SharePoint translates well when moving to Power Platform. Uh, and a lot of the IT Pro experience that I had before translates well into Power Platform. And one thing, though, that is this constant theme throughout is security and governance, right? And, and, and being a SharePoint admin, there's ways that you approach it, and there's also ways that you approach it in Power Platform. And in your experience, in your journeys, what have you seen you know, compare and contrast between the two. How should IT admins approach governance in Power Platform? Wealth of knowledge, please open up and, and, and bestow, this, bestow this upon us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a solid question. I totally agree, right? Like I think that you and I both feel the same that that SharePoint platform really made us, made this a lot easier of a transition. Um, but you know, I think even further back than that, we all have to remember the very first day of IT, right? You all, we all started in IT at one point. We had that first day on the job and most of us, we learned the secret at that point, right? The answer was always say no, right? It was just day one training. You know, they wrote no yeah. on the board and they're like, do you have any questions? I said, no. And they're like, perfect. <laughs> um, but no, you know, that's always been the IT, right? It's like, you like being gatekeepers, um, you know, would say no and negotiate from there. And I just honestly don't think that that works in the power platform, this low code, no code world. A lot of my IT pro friends, they think, hey, that should be our default as well. And I just, I don't want us to be there. You, you bring up a good point, right? Like uh, Power Platform, low code is all about time to solution and innovation. And, and, and you want to bring that to your organization. Uh, but then there's also this tight balancing act of, of security and governance. How do you find organizations balance between these two? Uh, and, you know, who is it squeaky ge uh, wheel gets the, the grease between, you know, who complains more? But, you know, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, I mean, so I guess there's probably two answers here, right? There's one is what am I seeing that's not working? And what am I seeing that is working? Yeah. Um, you know, what I'm seeing that is not working is that traditional no model. Because let's face it, Microsoft built the Power Platform as a low-code, no-code tool to be viral, right? For better or for worse, you can be happy about that, be sad about that. It's just a fact. And so to that end, most businesses, that's where the Power Platform is making its entry point is from the users on the desktop, Right. Janie in accounting jumps in. She's like, hey, I think I can build a flow here to automate all these invoices. And, you know, 
two YouTube videos later and a lot of hair scratching, hair scratching, hair pulling, whatever it is, Janie likes to yeah. say. Um, you know, all of a sudden she's got this automation and boom, your environment has the power platform and here it goes. So that's where most of it enter, enters, right? Then IT says, wait, I don't know how I feel about that. And so their immediate answer, right? First day is on the job, say no. They try to say no and that is really not going to work, right? And one of the reasons that no doesn't work, if I've been doing this for 20 plus years, let's not talk about how long that is. Um, <laughs> you know, but one of the things that you find is that users always take the path of least resistance. So if you go lock down Power Platform, you say, no, we're not going to let you do it unless you fill out our 34-page governance document. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to find another tool, right? You're going to find another way. So that does not work. I see it. It doesn't work. What I really like to see out of my IT brethren is I want to see more of a watching, more of a monitoring type of standpoint, right? Let people create, let people do, and then watch them, right? We can use tools like the COE toolkit to keep an eye on what's going on. And then as it starts to get in there and you're like, hey, wait a minute, the entire 100,000 100, person organizations using this app maybe we should step in, right? That might be mission critical at this point. <laughs> yeah. you know, at that point, because you're monitoring, you know what's going on, then you kind of can jump in and say, let's put some guardrails around that one. Yeah, that's very true. There's, there seems to be a, you know, start, start with everything locked down, gradually open it up as, as you get more educated and experienced uh, users uh, of the platform. Uh, I think we've all been there before uh, in SharePoint days where it was open it up and then burn it down real quick yeah. because it's gone out of control. Um, but uh, but yeah, like, so so one one question I have and is like for IT admins uh, and you're approaching this mindset and you want to make sure your organization is enabled to build these secure solutions. Do you think there might be a, a slow approach as you? open up some of these like data policies that you're creating um, or uh, app sharing constraints that you have um, that you've employed in, in your different environments or, or like when would you come up with the environment strategy for a governance? Is this like build everything on default and make it the wild, wild west or is it, or is it like, you know, let's actually build out a, uh, an environment strategy that meets our, our, our governance requirements? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. Right? And I think defaults, for better or for worse, almost always has to be some form of the wild, wild west because basically with default, like either people have access or they don't. There's not yeah. really this happy, you know, you can't really control it very well without really stifling what they can and can't do. So the same way, you know, so almost you think about, yeah, so default is personal productivity is what I've heard some people call it. You know, the idea there is it, it gives people a chance to build and do and experiment. But then, yes, I think we need to have other environments where, hey, maybe we have a production environment. And that's where if IT builds an app that goes through a whole lifecycle ALM story and has a bunch of advanced functionality, and a bunch of advanced connectors, great. Let's put that out in production. Or maybe HR needs their own environment because they want to have an app and they're going to use a, a third-party connector that they just can't risk being in a default environment. I think, you know, Connectors are a great example of a reason to get out of the default environment. Now, some people I talk to, though, they immediately are like, well, we should just do nothing in the default environment. One of the things you have to remember is that some things only work in the default environment, like for a selected message or for a selected item. Like some of those type of integration level uh, power automate flows, especially, 
they only work in the default environment. So you're probably not going to get completely away from it. Now, from your security question though, one thing that I love to remind my IT pro friends, right? When we first have that first meeting and they're like, hey, we're going to say no to everything. I'm like, look, you know, one thing to understand is that the Power Platform does not let you do anything you can't do today. So think about that again, right? The Power Platform does not let you do anything you can't do today. So like when I talk to my buddy who works at the world's largest bank, second largest bank, I don't know, very large bank, you know, he's like, we can't, we can't risk it. He's like, what if somebody writes a flow that goes to the SharePoint site with all of our important data and tweets all that out? I'm like, fair question, but let I me mean, turn around on you. What is stopping that person from doing it today, right? Because they, if they have access, they can go to SharePoint, copy, open up Twitter, another window, paste, tweet, and then boom, your secrets are out, right? You can argue that Power Automate makes it faster, more efficient for them to steal all your data and share it with the world but it's not letting them do something they don't have access to. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Governance, governance, there's the, the strategy and then there's the method to enforce that governance strategy and power platform. Uh, in my experience provides great tools to enforce that governance strategy. Um, there's also a lot of, uh, you know, learning and enablement that, that has to sit on, on top of that, that organizations have to, to implement, um, and pass through. That's where things like the center of excellence, um, becomes very, very handy for providing you a, a, a area to go and uh, start building out that, that, that thought process uh, and, and best practice leadership that you can uh, in an organization. Um, so you brought up some really, really good points about trying to decipher that to your IT pro uh, peers. What about like a bubbling up from the bottom, uh, champions, uh, makers that want to uh, build more robust solutions, but need to open up guardrails. How do they convey their demands to IT effectively to say, hey, we want to build these awesome things that we've seen other organizations do, or I've read a blog post on it. Realistically, how do I do this? That, another great question, right? So one of, and this was the same conversation we had in the SharePoint days when people were like, hey, how do I download this third party's web part that I wanted to install my SharePoint, right? My, my first answer back to IT there is, I don't care what you, how you answer this, but what I want is I want you to have an answer and a process. Once again, if we back way up to the late 90s, when Shane was in person <laughs> IT pro, one of the secrets to getting Shane to say yes was you dropped off some brownies on his desk, right? It was a poor college student and, you know, some high calorie food like that usually got you what you wanted. Oh, yeah. That is not the system that we want in place for how do I get access to a more advanced connector or how do I get additional licensing in the power platform? So you've got to have rules, right? And so for some IT organizations, it's things like, oh, well, if you want to use this other connector, or you want to get a premium licensing, you've got to go through our training, right? Maybe it's a one hour, just, hey, here's our rules. Don't tweet all the company secrets, right? Or maybe it is a formal 15 hour class with yours truly. I do lots of training classes, but you know, you want to have some type of method to the madness so that when the uh, business user comes to you and says, hey, we want to do, uh, you know, this thing that is outside the current guardrails, it's not, hmm, do I like you? Yeah, that Sean guy's pretty nice, so I'm, I'm going to let him do it. No, that Shane guy can go straight to you know where. We're not letting that happen, right? We don't want those decisions. We want, here's the process for you to unlock that additional functionality. Now, that is that is great insight, and and you're right. It's It's... 
you know, it is a two-way street in this communication and, and trying to get what you want uh, from Power Platform, both in IT and also in Maker. And then also the organization, right? You, you have to show the value uh, on the investment that's been made in Power Platform and, and you know, being able to, to uh, show that data, usually residing with admins and the data that they're collecting on usage and whatnot will help you uh, show that. So there is a partnership between Maker and, and admin. Um, like it's a super short podcast. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of it. Before we leave, though, uh, Shane, where can we find more information on you and and all? You know, how do we hit you up to get more information? We I want you back on the show for sure. But uh, for those that are just like I, I got to know more about this guy, how do they do that? Yeah, you need to go to powerapps911.com, right? That's our actual company. Or if you just go to YouTube.com/slash Shane Young Cloud. Um, out there, you can download, you know, I've got a couple hundred power platform videos that talk about all of this stuff all for free because I just like to talk like we talked about before. So. <laughs> well, I hate, to, I hate to, to, to put an end to that talking for now, but Shane, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate your time. Love to have you back on the show. Um, and everybody, highly recommend you go and take a look at Shane's content. Check him out. Harass him. He's amazing. He's got all the information that you want. Thanks again, Shane. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Sean.